I want to read to us from um, 1 Corinthians. I'm going to read some scripture to us. And I, I'm going to put it up on the screen. But I want you to take the time to really listen to what uh, Paul the Apostle is saying in Corinthians. And then we're going to go over to the book of uh, John. And we're going to read some scripture in the book of John. Many people do not, because we separate foot washing and communion so often, that a lot of people don't take the time to think about and realize that foot wash, the, the, the supper, what we call the, the last supper with the Lord and his disciples in the upper room during the Passover, the feast, that the foot washing took place, and you have to read several books, uh, several of the Gospels to bring this together and realize what happened here. But foot washing took place at the same time in the same room during the same meaning. And the bottom line is this. If, if you approach communion biblically when you're done you can wash anyone's feet no matter who they are or what they've done no matter the past or situation or instance and if you're not able to get up from your spiritual table and I know we don't use water due to school rules and regulations and all that stuff that goes on, and we call it spiritual foot washing, but we are going to do it today. We're going to pray over one another's feet. When you're done with this, if you can't do that, then you didn't do this right. You missed something major in the process. Communion... Is something that God himself, Jesus himself instituted. It was him who said, as oft as you do this. He was the one that did the first giving of the wine and the breaking of the bread. Speaking to his disciples. Knowing that one at the table would betray him. Knowing that he would betray him. And Jesus is the one that instituted, and this was done, something that you and I would have to do over and over and over because as we're going to see in the Word, with a little bit of teaching here, and this won't take us very long, we're going to have a season of repentance, that this is something that was instituted for us to do throughout our Christian walk with Christ, and it forces us to re-examine ourselves because every one of us in this building know, experienced, and understands that we can get into a pattern of living for Christ and at the very same time not be, not obey some of the basic foundational 
commands of God, such as love one another, prefer one another, pray for one another, forgive one another. We can walk the walk, speak the talk, we can live the life that seems to be required of us and still let bitterness get in our heart and unforgiveness in our spirit and jealousy or envy or strife or covetedness. And these things abide within our spirit, but we got the mechanics down enough that we're able to continue this appearance of Christ. And you say, Amen. Now, I know I'm being a little tough this morning, but communion's tough. It's serious stuff. It represents the broken body of Christ and His spilt blood. Paul says in Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 23, For I have received of the Lord that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus the same night in which He was betrayed took bread. And when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. I think it's important that Paul the Apostle brings out in verse 23 that you and I recognize something. Paul said that the night, the day that Jesus chose to break his body, the bread and, and, and the wine to, uh, to give that example of what was to come, in the very near future upon the cross, Calvary. Paul the Apostle brings out and he says, he, the, day, the day that he did this was the same day that he was betrayed. Now the Gospels tells us that Christ knew the betrayal was there. Yet he still blessed that man and, and still broke bread with him and supped from the same cup with him. I think that Paul is trying to bring something out in these, these verses here that what communion is about and what foot washing is about is greater and bigger than anything that could ever happen to you. Any offense that could ever come into your life, this is greater. And it is more important. And so Paul lays the groundwork in verse number 23 on what he's talking about in the next few verses. We think he's talking about you know, having some sin in your life. And, and I'm, I'm sure uh, that is included. But Paul lays the groundwork here that he is talking about one of the most difficult things to get through even as a Christian, and that is when you are betrayed. 
betrayed by a friend, by a family member, by a loved one. And it's just the way we're built. The thing about love is that it's a two-sided coin. Coin, it can, it can bring the greatest love into your life or, or, or the, the greatest joy into your life, but it can bring the greatest pain into your life. It's because we love that we hurt. For God's so. It's his love that drew him down here. It was his love that nailed him to a cross. And it was his love that enabled him to respond the way he did, knowing that the very man that he was doing this with would betray him. Somehow Paul is trying to speak to me and you and let us know that we have got to be on watch with our heart. We got to be on guard with our mind. And we cannot let these things get on the inside of us. Because if you think it's only going to affect you, you are horribly mistaken. It will affect your children. It will affect every relationship that you have. It will affect anything and everything and everyone that you touch. It will affect. You cannot be poisoned with bitterness and hurt and not begin to affect other people. And God was so concerned about this that in the writing with Apostle Paul, you know, here we're looking at the breaking of the bread. Uh, we're looking at the, uh, the drinking of the wine and the, uh, representing the broken body of Christ and representing the, uh, the shed blood of the Lord Jesus. And yet Paul takes the time in the middle of all of this to talk about Judas. To talk about a man that was going to be, betray him. And that in the, in, the, in the middle, at that moment, in the middle of that situation, and, and in the middle of those circumstances, Jesus Christ was still willing. Now, I want you to continue for a second. Verse 25. After the same manner, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is in the New Testament in my blood. This, uh, this do you as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. In the same manner that he broke the bread. And what manner was that? With the knowledge of betrayal. With the knowledge of being done wrong. With the knowledge of being hurt, he broke the bread, representing Calvary. And in the same manner, with the same knowledge, with everything, he also shed his blood. He went on in verse 26 to say, For as oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, do show the Lord's death till he come. Why how, he says, Why however shall, or who, excuse, whoever shall, uh, eat this bread and drink of the cup of the Lord. How? So what qualifies us for being unworthy? Shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. And then Paul the apostle goes on to say, But let a man examine himself. And so let him Eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Paul the Apostle was saying, I am not giving you an excuse to skip communion. In our modern words. 
He said, if a man, a man find himself find himself unworthy, then don't let him do this. The only thing mentioned in these scriptures concerning this was the betrayal. I'm not saying these other things aren't true. I understand that if there's if there's sin in your life and you're living in sin and you have you have full intentions of continuing in sin. When you leave here today, you have full intentions to continue in sin. Then I would advise you not to take communion. That would be my advice. And that would be the Bible's advice. However, and I'll get back to the other one in a second. However, if you just messed up like everybody does, tell your neighbor you look like a mess. That's right. If you just messed up because everybody does, and you got, you got, weaknesses in your life that you find yourself yielding to from time to time but you also know you fall on your face and cry out to God for strength and it's not that you're doing it willingly but it's like Paul the apostle who said I find this war going on in my body that when I want to do right I do wrong We all battle with that. We all deal with that. It's called the flesh. It's called humanity. You're going to deal with that every day. But you also find yourself on your face crying out to God, asking for forgiveness, asking for his blood to cleanse you, asking for his power to help you. There's a difference in that. A difference in that than willfully sinning. Bible says where there is willful sin there is no remission James tells us that where you are consciously choosing to live a lifestyle to do certain things you know it's wrong and you just in willful sin but Paul the apostle takes the time here to mention one thing and I think it's because this is probably one of the most difficult things to deal in human in our in our human mind and spirit and that is offense Not every time, but I would say probably over 90% of the time when people eventually leave church, if you can go back in their life somewheres down that path, they were offended. And they never forgave. And they never let it go. And they never were willing to go to the person who offended them and not ask for an apology, not say, you know, I'm right, you're, no. Just get down on your knees and wash their feet and ask God to bless them because I'm here to tell you that's the only thing that's going to get that thing out of your heart. And it is a thing that Paul the Apostle is talking about. You need to examine your heart and if there is bitterness in you, if there is unforgiveness in us, if these things exist in us, because these are the things that will surely eventually destroy us, he said, then examine yourself. Find it. 
Repent of it. Get it out. And then take. He goes on to say, for he that eats and drinks unworthily eats and drinks damnation to himself. How can you partake of the very thing that exemplifies forgiveness and not forgive? How can you put the very thing in your mouth that is the epitome and the apex of all forgiveness and hold unforgiveness in your heart. It is a mockery. And Paul the apostle said, when you do that, you are damning yourself. He doesn't mean that God cuts you off and you're just going to go to hell. He's talking about the process. That you have so seared your mind that you are willing to partake of the very thing that exemplifies forgiveness and not forgive within your own heart. You are adding layers. You are searing your mind and your spirit to the point to where you will never be able to reach the place. You won't even know what forgiveness is or what it feels like. Look at your neighbor and just ask him, have you ever messed up? Now ask him, ask him, were you glad when you were forgiven? Oh, yeah. There is nothing more powerful and there is nothing more beautiful on this planet than the power of forgiveness. It is cleansing. It's healing. It'll take someone that's in pieces and put them back together and make them whole. Sometimes people can't seem to make their self back to God because they know they've done somebody wrong and that person will not grant them forgiveness. And they live with that. Buried in their heart. You have the power in your hands to make someone whole. For he that eats and drinks unworthily eats and drinks damnation to himself. Why? He's not discerning the body. He doesn't understand the purpose of the process. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you and sleep. Whether that's spiritual or physical, I wouldn't want either. Death, I mean, whether it's death physically or spiritually. And then I love what he says in verse 31 of chapter 11. He said, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Paul said, examine yourself. 
because you don't want God examining you. He goes on to say, but if you let God judge you, he's going to chase you. He's going to whoop you. He's not going to spank you. He's going to whoop you. There's a difference. Spankings were okay, but when mama gave you a whooping, that was serious stuff. You see, here's the thing. Chapter 10, verse number 16. Watch this. Everybody read those first, those first few words with me. The cup. I said three words. Four words. The cup of what? What? This is meant to be a blessing. Now I want you, I want you to think about this. Because it's not because pastor's up here being mean. But nearly every time we come to do communion, it's anything but a blessing. Because we are doing what? We are condemning ourselves. Because none of us are worthy. We know that, right? And we have to spend time with repentance and, and, and I certainly don't have time to get on all of this but what would it be like to live our life in Christ in such a way that we could skip up to the pan and grab the little cracker with a smile on our face and throw it in our mouth and drink the juice representing his broken body and his shed blood and there'd just be overflowing joy and happiness and excitement and blessing because we have been living a life for Christ. Wouldn't that be awesome? Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 10 and 16, the cup of blessing which we bless is not the communion of the blood of Christ. The bread which we break, is it, I'm sorry, is it not? Is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we be in many or one bread and one body and we are all partakers of one bread the next thing Paul brings out the first thing he brings out is that no matter the offense you got to fix your heart the second thing he brings out is that what we are doing here is to bring to bring recognition of the oneness of the body and that you are my brother my sister in Christ, we, we are one in him. And whatever troubles comes our way, whatever difficulties come our way, we are here for one another. To help one another. Not condemn or judge one another. But to pray for one another. John says in John 13 and 1, and we're going to pray here in just a moment. He said, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew the hour had come to part, of, uh, to part out of this world to the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being now ended, the devil now ended into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and, and went to God, he rises from the supper. This is, this is all happening at the same time. 
and he laid aside his garment and he took a towel and he girded himself and that and then he pours water into the basin and begins to wash the disciples feet and to uh, wipe them with wipe them with a towel he was girded with. This is designed to get you to that. That's its purpose. To cleanse the heart and the mind and the spirit and to repent, to ask forgiveness and to forgive. Because that's the only way you can get to that. Otherwise, it's just a show. It's just a ritual. It's just religion. And I promise you, this is not religion. Let's stand. I've got a ton of stuff here, but I feel like the Lord has spoken to us. I want you to reach over, get your neighbor's hand. Now, this is a pray and worship in church, so we don't have to pray for 45 minutes. You can't do what needs to be done in two. Then don't, don't take it. In fact, I want to link. Thank you so much. The ones in the aisle. Yes, I want to link all the way across. I know I am making you guys very uncomfortable right now. But if y'all would walk this way. Walk this way. Isn't there an old hippie song? Oh, who doesn't have a cup? Who doesn't? Thank you, Keith. Uh, Brother Nevi. Who does not have a communion cup? So we have several. All right, I done messed this up big time. Uh, ushers, just start walking around. If you don't have one, raise your hand as high as you can get it. And ushers, if you could walk past point one mile an hour and get these. <clears throat> I'm sorry, guys. So wave it. You could even make a noise. Right, we got several over here, all the way on the left, my left, towards the back. Thank you, Brother Pringle. Brother Coffee. All right, who else? Wave at me. You don't have one yet. Right here in the center, Sister Dorothy. Brother Pringle's getting those guys. All the way over here to my right, Brother uh, Patrick. Further back, red shirt. Anyone else? We're good? All right. Is everybody holding a hand? If you're not, you're in disobedience. Both hands. Probably won't be able to do that. Come on, come on, baby. Come on, baby. You can do it. You can do it. He looks like a nice guy. All right. Okay, we're close. So this is what this is what we're gonna do. We need God. This church needs God. Pastor has had to deal with some things over the last couple of years. 
families that I love that have allowed bitterness and unforgiveness and anger to get in their spirits. And I'm telling you, we need to wipe this out. We need to wipe it out from the right to the left, from the front to the back. We need the Holy Ghost, breath of God to breathe upon us right now. We need the breath of God to breathe upon us right now. Every mind on the Lord, I want us to begin to pray. God, I'm asking you to help us, Lord. I'm asking you to help us. We're just children. We're just children. Oh, Jesus, come with your power into this place. Come with your anointing into this place. Father, we open up our hearts and our minds to you right now. We open up our spirit to you. We open ourselves up, oh God. Lord, let the light of the word come deep into our hearts. Help me to search my heart. I want to search my heart. I want to search my heart. Help me, God. Oh, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. God, we pray right now. We ask you, Lord, let thy blood come upon us. Forgive us of our sins, oh God. For they are many, Lord. Cleanse us, oh Lord. Cleanse our minds and our hearts and our spirits, Father. We call upon you, Lord. We humble ourselves before you, God. Oh, Lord, we need you. Lord, we're just in assembly trying to draw close to you. Trying to get closer to you, Lord. We need your help. We want revelation about, God, your broken body. We want revelation about your shed blood, oh God. Give us revelation, Lord. Let us understand you did it on the night that you were betrayed, but you did it anyway. You washed their feet. You washed their feet. Oh, you knew they would forsake you. They would forsake you at Calvary. You knew they would run. You knew they would deny your name. You knew they would cuss under their breath. Oh, yes, you did, but you washed their feet. You washed their feet. Because this is greater. The unity of the body is greater. It's greater than any one offense. It's greater, oh God, than any betrayal, any lie, any deception, any hurt, any pain. The body is greater. The body is greater. The body is greater. God, we got to have unity. We got to have unity. <laughs> we got to have unity amongst ourselves, oh God. I pray, oh Lord, let a cleansing come across this congregation. Come on, church. Come on, let's call on His name, travail before Him. Let a unity come across this church, oh God. Oh. Hallelujah. The 
body is greater than my hurt. The body is greater than my pain. The body is greater than my justification. The body is greater than right or wrong. Oh, Lord, that's what this is about. It's about the unity of the body. It's about the unity of the body. It's what brings us all together. We're all the same at the cross. We're all the same at the cross. We're all the same at the cross. It makes us one. It makes us one. We're all sinners saved by grace. Oh, God. God. Touch us, Lord. Touch us, Lord. Just a moment longer. Somebody open your heart. Somebody let it break. Come on, let your heart break. Let it break. Let it break before Him. Let it break before Him. Oh, Jesus. 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 Do it, God. Do it, God. We examine ourselves. We examine ourselves. Cleanse us. Cleanse us. Cleanse us. Forgive us. As we forgive others. Forgive us. As we forgive others. I want you to say it just right now. You're going to know who you're talking about. I want you to say it. I want you to say, I forgive you. Just say it. Let those words come out of your mouth. I forgive you. Say, Lord, I forgive. Lord, I forgive. I forgive. Come on, let that break. Let that break. Feel that cleansing. Feel that release, that release, that release that comes with it. Lord, I forgive them. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. I want you to turn to two or three people right there close by and just hug them and tell them you love them. We're going to take communion. Just hug them and tell them you love them. Come on. That's all right. We got, we got time. We don't need to rush this.
I love you, my brother. Jesus, Jesus, Woo! Oh, oh, God, oh, save us, Lord, save us, save us, save us. I want you to take the wafer, put it in your, your hand. And the word of the Lord says, and when he had given thanks, <laughs> he broke it and said, take I'm sorry, I just realized there's a trick to this. Everybody have the wafer? Who's still working on it? Somebody can help you. You have to peel the um, top plastic part off. Don't worry, we're not going to lose Jesus on this. We're okay. He's bigger than a piece of plastic. Somebody help my sister right over here. I'm looking for people still trying to peel the. Do we have it? Who doesn't have the wafer in your hand? You do not have a wafer in your hand and you want one. Sister Morgan, do you, you can't open it or you don't have one at all? It's on the ground. It's, just blow on it. All right. All right. Who does not have one? Now, this is how the Lord's Supper ought to be. There ought to be joy in the house, recognizing what we're about to receive, what he's done for us. We are saved. We have been redeemed. We have been forgiven. We have forgiven. Doesn't it feel good to forgive? Just let that go. Just no matter what it is, just let it go. I just want to love people. I want to love God. And when he had given thanks, everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance 
of me. Let's partake of the Lord's body. Peel the plastic back on the little cup. The second layer. And after we take of this, this is how, this is how I want to do this. I want you to listen to me. The moment we drink this, I want you to turn to someone and get on your knees and put your hands on their feet and pray over them. And when you're done, they can do it. Preferably male to male, female to female, unless you're married. And that's how we're going to end this. We are going to go into prayer for our brothers and sisters. So there may be a little bit of movement that's, that's okay. Prayer will take over. And the moment we receive this, we're going to get down on our knees and we are going to pray over the feet of our brothers and our sisters, and we are praying blessings into their life. After the same manner, also, he took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the Lord's shed blood. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Let's stand to our feet and give God praise. We worship you, Father. We worship you today. We worship you today. We worship you in the house. Oh, God. We praise you, Father. You are wonderful. You are wonderful, you are wonderful, you are wonderful. You have forgiven us of our sins, oh God. You have given us the strength, Lord, to forgive others. God, in your wonderful name, we praise you, we adore you. We love you, Lord, we love you, Lord, we love you, Lord. Glorious is the King, glorious is the King. Glorious is the King. Helen, wonderful Jesus. You are wonderful. You are wonderful. You are wonderful, Lord. You are wonderful. We glorify your name, sweet Jesus. We glorify your name, Lord. <laughs> Oh, come on, let's re rejoice in His presence. Let's just love Him. Let's just love Him. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. Oh, Jesus, you're wonderful. Jesus, you're wonderful. You're wonderful. You're wonderful. I love you. I love you. I love you. Oh, we love you, we love you, we love you, we love you.
Oh, God, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Father. We love you. We love you, Father. We love you, Lord. Thou art wonderful. Wonderful is my Savior. Wonderful is my Savior. Wonderful is my Savior. Wonderful. Praise God. What a glorious God we serve. What a glorious God. What a loving, forgiving God. A merciful God. You thankful for His grace? I know I am. I'm thankful for His grace. I'm thankful for His continual mercy in my life. I'm so glad the Word says every morning, every morning, He renews that mercy in my life. Every morning. Ha. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. 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 Praise God. Amen. Amen. I want you to weigh out, just find two or three people, maybe more. And uh, when you hug them and you tell them you love them, I want you to tell them you are healed. Let them receive it however they need it. You just tell them you are healed. You are healed. 